Hi, welcome to the Winning Sometimes show where Matt, Clinton, and I share our joy and sometimes hatred for all things games, tech, and generally don't stay on topic. But hey, neither do in-game tutorials, right? And as always, that's a terrible segue into our topic for the day, and that's new players in games. Have you ever picked up a game that you've never seen before and doesn't play like anything you've ever experienced? Do you know of anyone in your life that doesn't typically play games and has tried to play something new? What challenges did you or they have? Did they stop playing the game? What goes on with new players that affects how they experience gaming and what makes or breaks their entry into the gaming world? So Matt, do you have any new player experiences you'd like to share? Uh, I feel like every time I play a game, it's new player experience. Um, <laughs> if you've ever watched me stream or anything like that, you would know 100% what I'm talking about. Um, aiming is, is not a thing I do. But sorry, that was a that was a terrible joke. But we, we um, we've seen you huntering, so we we understand. Yes, you're never gonna let me live that down, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, I guess for me, the the new player experience kind of thing. Um, I think I kind of have to define it into like two separate categories, like someone who is new to gaming in general, like you know. One of my experiences with completely new gamers is, you know, trying to get my mom to play Mario Kart, which was hilarious. Um, but once we turned on all the kitty controls and things like that, she was great at it. She loved it. Um, and then, you know, when someone who has played games before, regardless of how much or what kind or anything, that goes to a game that they've not played before. And so for me, it kind of breaks down into those two things. And obviously, um, I'm, tr I'm trying new games kind of all the time. Uh, and then recently, also, uh, Rachel... Um, has been getting into Destiny. And so seeing that new player perspective from that has been really interesting. So those are kind of the two big ones um, that I have in each category, I guess. Um, so, but I don't know, uh, like, Clint, I don't know if you have experience or what you, how you define uh, new player experience because I always feel like we start the episode off with us arguing about the definition of a word <laughs> so I feel like this is our token token argument oh, we no. need to start with I mean so I guess for for me it's there's I mean I've seen a couple of YouTube videos that kind of talk about this topic um, and I have a you know experience where my family is not into video games I mean I think my brother played a Super Nintendo for a while and then handed it down to me or maybe it was his our neighbor his friend anyway um so like i've always been the gamer in the family and uh i think my dad picked up um he was trying to pick up games because you know, he had a an accident uh, a car accident that he was in that uh, basically made it so he couldn't work anymore so he was looking for things to do um and he picked up portal and he tried picking up a couple of other oh. games. And, uh, yeah, and it, it's the kind of thing where I am not, like, I'm I'm so, I've, I've gamed for almost all my life, like, for 25 years now, which I was, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't dawn on me, <laughs> like, how it could be for a new player, right? I mean, uh, my dad off the bat, like, I, I think he tried to use keyboard and mouse, um, but like having his fingers in the WSAD on the mouse was like really tough for the situation that he had to sit in because like part of his injury is, is like his foot has to be up all the time. Um, he's got chronic pain. Um, so that wasn't really working. So we got him. I was like, okay, well, I'll go to GameStop and get you a controller. You can plug it in and, you know, we can run a USB extension across the, to the TV and you can, you can use a controller. And then he tried that. And then a whole new set of issues cropped up, which was... Um, in first person games you control strafe and uh, forward and reverse directions with your left stick and then with your right stick you control camera meaning you look around with your right stick uh, and I think for a lot of new players who are not used to holding a controller that's a completely foreign concept to them like at least for like pilots or people that can imagine pilot controls like in a, in a plane, you you have a throttle, and there's one stick, and you go forward and you go back, and that's like, you know, that's pitch and yaw, and and you can strafe, whatever. I mean, you have all these different controls, so like 
having a controller have those two conf configurations uh, has no real analog to them. And so for my dad, I mean, that was like, that was half of the time he spent playing Portal was figuring out how to program his brain to understand the look mechanism. And he was like practicing it for the first couple sessions. He wasn't playing. Thankfully he did. He pushed through it because like he definitely was not having a good time. <laughs> and, uh, and he enjoyed Portal a lot. But I think the experience kind of soured him to, and I'd have to talk to him again. I haven't, I, I don't think he's necessarily soured to video games in general, but I think it soured him to the experience of, he's like, oh, well, that's what, that's what playing a new game is going to take for me is I have all these things I need to learn, like <laughs> completely like, and, and if, if I gave him different styles of games like Starcraft or, you know, isometric or third person, like these are all completely different control styles. And uh, that's something that I, I never thought about. And so that, that sort of is my, my first understanding or my first like wake up call to like, Oh wait, game video games are kind of entrenched in this like shared understanding of how to control things and how to play like yeah yeah i mean that that, that brings up a good point um about controls um especially with first person shooters um because i feel like and and i don't know how long it's been the case but it definitely feels like there is a standard of controls for for each different game type you say like for for first person shooters you know it's always been the left stick controls movement right stick controls view or or, or, or aiming or looking mm -hmm. you know and then you know goldeneye would like to have a word with you <laughs> well no but but even goldeneye because goldeneye it didn't have two thumbsticks but the the right hand still controlled you know the movement and i thought the left hand controlled the looking because because you you used the well, I think the middle hand controlled the the. Looking. Well, I mean, but but you held it like this, right? Like you held the one hand in this, and then the the yellow buttons up here. I'm just gonna stop us right? there. This I is, honestly don't remember. This is not a critique of the N64 yeah. controller, which well, is yeah, yeah, admittedly yeah. weird as heck. Yeah, it was. I, I think in Goldeneye, um, you you controlled with the the middle analog stick. You controlled looking, like you said, but then your right hand, you had the C buttons to look up and down. Oh, it was the right hand? Yeah, if you needed. Okay. If you needed. That game was yeah. designed around not really needing to look up and down. You're right. Yeah, because there, there, there was pretty flat. There were some ramps, but it felt it was pretty much like straight. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I, barring Goldeneye, it definitely feels like there's a, there's a common language when it comes to controls. Um, for, you know, for, for all the different types of uh, games, over the person's shoulder, you know, uh, FPSs with, you know, certain buttons kind of commonly being able to do certain things or if they don't a lot of games offer you the functionality to change that although new gamers may not be as familiar with that um but yeah i'm just trying to think like because a lot of the first person gamers that i that I like i at this point you know being a, a seasoned gamer i can pick up a first person shooter and without having to look at the controls i kind of already know how to aim how to shoot how to throw a grenade, how to change weapons, how to reload, you know, because all those buttons are usually in the same spot. So it makes it easier for, for someone that's more familiar with it to, to understand. But yeah, like with your dad, not having that knowledge, you know, and coming at it new, um, I, like, that, 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 that makes me wonder, like, how new, new player friendly are a lot of these games, you know? Um, because Portal to me, I, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't see that as very new player friendly. Hmm. Just just because like there there's so many concepts, you know, with the portals and uh, but but again, it's been so long since I played it that I I just can't recall like the mechanics of it. So th this is what I would say on that, which this actually jumps way way further into uh, what I want I was planning on talking about. So feel free to, like reel me back. Um, and that's kind of like, excuse me, uh, like the history, not like the history of games, like, oh, the Atari 2600 released in, no, like that sort of stuff, but like exactly what you were talking about, the evolution of games. Like, um, if you think about it, like a lot of modern FPSs, first person shooters, all kind of trace back. 
Yeah. yeah. First person shooters will trace back to like Halo and things like that. And that's where a lot of those controller schemas come from. Like uh, Bumper Jumper has been around since like Halo 1 or whatever. And so like that is a very ingrained controller schema. If you don't know what jump, Bumper Jumper is, don't worry. I don't either. I just know that it is a thing. So I, 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 use, bumper, I use Bumper Jumper. It's like normally the jump button is the A button. But the problem with that is that when you're looking, you have to take your hand off the look button to jump. So bumper jumper switches the jump button to this to your index fingers so yeah. then that way your finger is always on you know and you're always you can always move but with you know um so that way when i jump i just jump here right. and i can keep looking around and for audio without it i have to push here for audio run or uh, oh yeah Emiliano's holding up a controller basically it allows you in situations where you need to keep your thumbs on the control of the your player's body so moving forward and back and looking around continuously if there's a situation where you need to not take your hands off that like take your fingers off that and and be able to jump at the same time that's what bumper jumper allows you to do but it is weird because for controls and i don't want to go into control schemes too much um but that is different like you kind of have to remap your brain and when you're used to you got muscle memory you're developing muscle memory you know when you play video games um because yeah, it, consistency with how you control your your player is really important. Uh, but then when you have configurable controls and you allow yourself to to remap to bumper jumper, then you know you kind of have to you have to reprogram yourself <laughs> to be able to do that. Well, like and and even in even playing Destiny because I, I use bumper jumper in Destiny. Um, even in there, I sometimes get confused with buttons like. Um, cause my, the, the super button changes, like all the buttons change for bumper jumper compared to the regular control scheme. So sometimes like I'll throw my super accidentally when I don't mean to throw my super because I pushed the wrong button. Um, and then like, if, if I go to no, another game, um, like, like, uh, division division has like the standard kind of control scheme as destiny Two, but bumper jumper kind of changes it up. So when I go from division back to destiny, sometimes I also get that button confusion yeah. and start you know, throwing grenades when I mean to duck or, or, or jump or whatever. So, um, yeah, but again, that's, I think that's a little, <laughs> that's, that's more yeah. advanced player. <clears throat> well, what concerns. I, I bring up bumper jumper, um, not because of like how good it is as, as a control scheme or whatever. I don't know. I don't use it. Um, cause I play on PC. No, I'm just kidding. I sometimes use a controller on PC when I'm being lazy anyway, but, um, I bring it up because, if you think about it, the reason that you're able to pick up an FPS game is uh, because, you know, you played Halo or you have been playing games since Halo. If someone played a first, if someone played GoldenEye, right, and that was like the last first person shooter they played, and then all of a sudden they wanted to jump into like Halo Infinite or something that's coming out whenever, right, they would be completely lost in the sauce because there is this what like what is that 30 year span or something since uh of like of development and i I hate to throw myself in like the experienced gamer category because i never know what i'm doing in games but like i'm going to say that like as experienced gamers we have the advantage of like that incremental change so every time there's a development in a game or something like that, we get those tiny incremental changes. And so for us, there's never this big jump. But then when you look back over a decade, you know, and this is like one of the things Rachel, when she was playing Destiny, she'll ask me, it's like, okay, I understand what I'm supposed to be doing. Why am I doing this? It's <laughs> like, well, the reason you're doing this is because, you know, 20 years ago, a game called Halo came out or things like that. And that's why this even like game mechanics work like that. Even with within Destiny 2, um, it's like, hey, there's a shiny triangle on the ground. I'm going to pick it up and match it to the color, you know, location. I'm going to dunk it in there. And that's what I do. Why do I do that? Well, because, you know, three years ago, this game mode called Gambit came out. And that's what they introduced. And they explained it really thoroughly why you did that. Now you just accept it as a mechanic. And so for new players, that can be really hard. It can be really hard to wrap your mind around like, all right, I know I press A. Why am I pressing A? Why is it A on every game I play or whatever, right? 
So uh, to me, I think that's one of the more interesting things where we could spend a ton of time be- looking at individual mechanics or individual like um, controller or keyboard setups and figure out why, like where, what game first did this and why was it so influential that now every game is set up that way. Um, so again, I, I know that kind of went off into the weeds right. there a little bit, but that's kind of one of the interesting things that Rachel made me realize as she started playing things. I was like, Oh, Oh, games are not games are not necessarily hard for me because I've just kind of continuously played for the past couple decades. The so, um, yeah, the but I was thinking too. Like, isn't Doom precursor to like FPSs? It is a it is an FPS, yeah. But I think I think they came out before Goldeneye. But it but does, again, it's not yeah. controlled. It's not it's not, yeah. it's not controlled. But um, I, I I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about my kind of new gamer experiences because I have two boys, and you know um, we got the Switch, um, and I think the first games we tried playing was Mario Kart. You know, and at first, it, and like you mentioned, um, kind of having like the kitty wheels on them. I I think we 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 did it like normal with them. And I remember at first they're kind of frustrated with it because it wasn't doing what they wanted it to do. Either that or they'd be looking at someone else's screen and not realizing that, you know, because we, we do the four player split screen and even the wife would play too. Um, and, you know, e- even with her, like she did it for fun. But, you know, the first couple of games, it took the kids some time to understand the controls, you know, and I think they were using the the, the tilt. Um, but... Um, and, and to me, like like N- Nintendo definitely seems uh, more geared towards newer players with how the ease of their controls, because the 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 motion is a lot easier to understand than necessarily like you know using a thumbstick to control your guy. Um, but you know I've seen them graduate from Nintendo, and like they have like old phones that we have, and they're playing like they're they're playing and making their own levels in Geometry Dash, which I can't even do. <laughs> Apparently, it's like a rhythm tap game. Nice. Um, so, you know, and, 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 and I, I see them playing these games and I'm like, I don't know. I feel, I feel old because <laughs> I feel like I can't play those games and they're, they're little mobile games. I, I don't know if you've seen jump, jump dash is like where you have like a little figure running across the screen and you have to tap the screen to make them jump over obstacles or to hit certain like jump points or whatever. And it's all to music and stuff. Um, and they're making their own levels. Um, my oldest kid was showing me recently that he's, he's, at, he's level 21 in um rocket league like he's getting into that recently back into it again and i've tried playing rocket league and i'm horrible at it i I don't know uh i just i just can't uh i think there's i think maybe the ball or the jumping or the physics i I don't know but he enjoys it um so uh you know watching them play like i'm learning because i'm having more fun watching them play than kind of playing myself so I don't know, in certain ways, I'm feeling like a new player now, too, because of them, where they're playing these games and they feel more advanced than I am. And I'm just watching them, you know, like I'm not I'm not actually playing with them. I'm just enjoying watching them play uh, as opposed to to playing. So it's it's been an experience what, you know, because like I consider myself a seasoned gamer, seasoned, not veteran, just because I'm old. <laughs> so, uh you know, I, I feel partly like a new gamer watching them play because, you know, it, it's it's that thing with the controls. Like, I don't know the controls. I don't understand why they're doing certain things. You know, I'm just kind of watching them play the game. So, um, yeah. so do you do you think that um, like, do you think that the reason that you have trouble with those games is because of the fact that it is a new type of game to you or just because you haven't spent a lot of time with that specific game? It's probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a new game type. Um, like I've played mobile games, but a lot of them are either very similar to what I'm used to, like Genshin Impact, um, or they're ones where like, are you just pushing a button like Pokemon Go, I guess. Um, so this is definitely... Uh, you know, different than what I'm used to. Um, and, and it could also be maybe, maybe the screen size because it does seem kind of small, you know, and, and I wear glasses and all that stuff too. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, 
I feel that if I put the time, maybe mm. I would get it, maybe. But it just seems like they've picked it up in a short amount of time than maybe I would, or that I, you know, that it would take me a lot longer to get to their level or close to where they're at at this point. Um, so that brings up a point yeah. that I wanted to 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 talk about a little bit. Um, I was thinking in preparation for this episode, like what what are the types of players? What are the types of new players? Uh, and and one thing that came across my mind was adults versus children or, or, or younger players versus older players and whether or not they're seasoned or, you know, barely experienced. Like if it's a game that no one has played before, then everyone's a new player, but it, it, you know, the experience may depend a little bit based on uh, the mindset going in of the new player. And then the sort of, I don't, I wanted to have like some official name for it, like the, the patient's, uh, matrix or something <laughs> like it's like how patient are you like as a kid you know he adults value time differently it's like with kids there feels like there's as much time as you can ever imagine and there's infinity infinite amount of time and you know so spending a little bit of time or to us adults a lot of time uh, is completely different right and so um a kid might come up against an obstacle in a game, something that's like, they don't quite get it yet. They're new, they haven't done this before, and they keep failing. Well, they may look at that differently. And uh, for adults, it's like, well, just like you said, I'm sure I would get this in time. I'm an adult. I've done things before. I have experience doing things, whether it's in real life or in video games, but do I really have the time? And uh, and it, it is kind of create a like a patience conundrum where it's like with whoever whoever it is whatever your age or your you know capability or experience um you kind of have to have the the question of like what is what's in it for me in this game like why am i playing this game like <laughs> when, when it comes to like the tension of not having acuity or, or skill in a game like why would you continue and for a lot of people, I mean, people have all kinds of answers, I'm sure. Kids, adults, I have probably different answers than than you two. Um, but uh, there's also many, many reasons why you might. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sort of monologuing right now, but I've, I've been th thinking about this. For me, I mean, games have repeatedly paid off, like, whether or not I fail at them. Obviously, some types of failure great on me differently like you know dark souls uh or monster hunter or <laughs> monster hunter is the best thank you emiliano <laughs> but like story it's like having great games with great story that i participate in or mechanics like games that are just fun to play like titanfall it's like it's just wall running is just mm, feels so good and uh and i want to do more of it um but for uh, a lot of new players, wait, wait, uh, go ahead. You you know what has good wall running? What's that? Monster Hunter Rise. Really? Is that that when you're hanging right, off? Right. How would you know? Right, Matt. So, <clears throat> it's interesting that um, you want to talk about Monster Hunter Rise, um, and I think this kind of touches on what Clint was talking about before. <laughs> um, rolled over here. No, well, oh, you're you're coming back to address it because I I don't I don't want to get too far off topic, but um, Monster Hunter Rise, I love that game. It is not the perfect game, but it is a spectacular game. If you have played Monster Hunter before, and I think this is kind of what uh, Crack was getting at a little bit. <clears throat> Man, if you've never played a Monster Hunter game before, do not pick up Monster Hunter Rise. Like, or or spend a lot of time on YouTube watching to YouTube tutorials before you do, because good lord, that is not a game that welcomes new players in. Like it simply does not. Um, it goes the route of giving you far too many tutorials in like the first thirty minutes. Well, like the first forty minutes are nothing but like tutorials, 
and it's like just wall of text after wall of text mm. after wall of text. And so if you don't already know what you're doing, you're going to get like, <clears throat> you're, you're going to just be like, whatever, just let me play the game and just keep hitting a or whatever to get past them. And then you're not going to know any of the mechanics in the game. And you're just gonna be like, whatever, I'm going to run out and like knife goes in, guts come out or whatever. Right. And <laughs> Like, not that that's not fun, but you're going to miss out on so much of the game, and it's going to probably make it a lot more frustrating for you. And so, yeah. I'm so glad you like, said that, because I have had the thought, maybe I should pick up Rise, like, maybe two or three times. And now I'm staying so far away from Monster no, Hunter Rise. No, 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 you should, because then I will pick it up with you, and we will both... And then Kill you'll get to see me be really frustrated together. with walls of text 30 <laughs> minutes after you get into the game. That's, well, that, no face, or Matt, if you have more to say, please continue. But I, I do have some reaction. Yeah, I'm, to that. I'm no, sorry. I, I, I want to hear like your reaction to that. Your, your, yeah, your so talking. I'm sorry. That, that brings up a really good point about another challenge for new players is that not everyone learns in the same way, right? <laughs> Reading walls of text which you cannot continue until you've get through uh, and doing th like following directions. Like a lot of, a lot of games take the tutorial mode of uh, they bring you into a no stakes level or a no stakes situation. And they say, okay, well, here's the mechanics. Why don't you just get acclimated? Try pressing a to jump. And they give you a bunch of things to jump over. And then like they, they, they have you do a very sterile version of what the gameplay is going to be like in the game. And then when you actually get to the first level, there's all kinds of new stuff. <laughs> it's like things coming at you. You die for, because of this. And then this king can hurt you in this way. And they didn't tell you about that. And it's like, well, that's not very useful. And then in, in, in Monster Hunter Rise's situation where they, they, they give you walls of text. I sort of glossed over that in my last example. Um, but some people don't read and, and effectively absorb operative information very quickly so they might in order to actually effectively learn from walls of text they're gonna have to read that a couple times and then they're gonna have to see a little bit of what the text is talking about and then they're gonna have to go back and be like okay well now i have the context to understand what the wall of text is telling me and then they're starting to gain some form of like competent skills that are building um and to me that that i just hate that that's that form of of teaching like if like well I don't have to go into hypotheticals, but um, I, I think for me, the best tutorials teach you in an organic way. Like Nintendo, again, they're really good at gearing towards new players. So they're really good at teaching people how to play through levels like Mario. Uh, you know, as cliched as Mario, as Mario is, it is legendary for teaching you the mechanics of the game like it. The level one one of almost every single Mario game will go through and introduce you to the core concepts of Mario, which is run left to right, jump, <laughs> jump on enemies, and that's pretty much it. I mean, there are more advanced concepts in Mario, and that's like they they set this the floor, the the skill floor, really low, and that's like perfect. That is the best way to introduce new players, in my opinion, to to the game and, and to give you like a, it, the to start the skill floor low that means having it easy levels at the beginning that people can engage in and they can practice they can stretch their legs and then gain a, a basic understanding of how the game works and then it's you know that that's what we talk about we've talked about the skill skill curve maybe not i don't think we've talked about that yet but like the idea that skill more skill is required to continue the game um, and some games like spike, like where it's really easy at the beginning and they're like basically talking down to you by how easy the level is. And then you go fight the first boss and the first boss is like, like shift their butt and then you're dead. <laughs> it's like, I'm not learning anything from this experience. I'm not seeing cause and effect. I'm not seeing I tried this and then I'm insta dead. Right. Um, so yeah, I think the best games or the best tutorials ease you in and help you learn by doing and learn how to play the game by putting you in, your, you in situations that are contextually integ uh, incremental, right? Like in terms of skill, they add a little bit, they add a little bit. And then once you have the, the, 
the toolbox of what can you do as a player to avoid and respond to certain situations then it starts to get interesting that that's when the game really starts to shine in terms of mechanics at least we're talking all mechanics right now but like um ori in the blind forest is another really good example of a game it's it's called a metroid or it's it's genre is like metroidvania which metroidvania. means nothing to new players who don't know what a metroid <laughs> you have game to know is. what metroid and castlevania <laughs> <Yes>. are <laughs> but think of it's a 2d game where you can go there's this, this whole map and you can go around and, and do things and then you unlock a skill or a tool. Then you can go back to places you went to before and there was a locked door you couldn't get past and you use your hacker skill or something. Or, you know, you get the blue key and you go back and unlock the blue door. Um, but through through your progression in the game, you gain skills and experiences and it allows you as a player to realize, oh, well, I have this new skill. What can I do with it? Well, I remember um, that back there, there's this this passage I could unlock or I get the bombs and there was a, a, a rock wall that I could probably blow up. So let's go back there and try it out. And then you do it. And it's like you have that aha moment as a, as a player, a new player. And, you know, if, if you're a new player or just one of us who hasn't played the game before but um i guess back to to, to sort of close because i'm absolutely monologuing <laughs> the um, <laughs> the what's in it for me question like that's that's how I, games can reach new players i think it's like you need to be able to give people success you need to be able to allow them to play your game and succeed on their terms um, obviously, you know, it's a shuffle because you can't just like, like a mobile game, you can't just like give people achievements for not doing anything and like for a game to be good, in my opinion. Ha- have you heard of AFK games? That's the one where you just turn it on and then leave, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can, you can like interact with it, like upgrade and buy new, I played a couple of those too. Yeah. They're entertaining for a bit, but then. Not. So. I like that you hit on there. I, I, I'm sorry, Ronan, not to uh, completely ignore your point, but you said oh. AFK games, and I got like this this flashback. I don't know if y'all ever heard of Cookie Clicker. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I a lot of time spent clicking cookies. Yes. But anyway, Cookie Clicker. Um, yes. Um, I like Clint that you talked about the like little victories at first, and. You're probably not going to believe me on this, but a game that actually implemented that and does it really well now is Destiny. Now, I am not going to pretend like Destiny is new player friendly because it sure is not. Like, you are not going to understand any of the story coming into Destiny. It's not going to be a thing. But the little victories. So, like, um, maybe not necessarily to us, but, like, achievements seals things like that in games are like big deals to people they want to like say like oh i have a gamer score of like nine thousand or whatever over nine <clears throat> like that's a big deal to people yeah over nine <laughs> over nine thousand nine thousand one <laughs> and so um one of the things that um destiny did is there may be some achievement that is can kill 10 billion enemies or whatever as a new player, you're going to look at that and be like, well, this, I am never going to get there. I'm not even going to try. Like, it's just too daunting of a task. Um, whether you're seasoned, you know, player or not, like, that's just a huge daunting task when you first look at it. So what they did is they broke up those achievements into, like, five stages or whatever. But they're not equal stages. So that on your quest to getting one billion kills, you get an achievement after, like, the first 50 and so then it says like, oh, congratulations, you got this achievement, you know, getting 50 of this type of kill or whatever. And then the next one jumps to like a thousand and then 10,000 and then a million or whatever. So that's actually, and it really surprised me in like, cause I think I was, I can't remember when they implemented, but I was playing and like, I got an achievement pop up and I was like, there's no way I've already gotten an achievement this season. And I looked at it and saw, I'm like, oh, they have these staggered achievements now. So that as a new player, you still feel like you still get that like 
you know, pop of like dopamine in your brain or whatever when the screen lights up and tells you you did something nice. Um, and as like manipulative as that can be, that's actually a really, really smart way and a really good way to give people that reward of like, hey, you're a new player and I know there's a lot of information and a lot of stuff coming at you, but congratulations, you're doing something right. And then they progressively get bigger and bigger so that you don't like, you know, just have everybody finishing all the achievements in the first week, even though people know life that game and do it anyway, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I really like that you touched on that um, having like small... Uh, achievements, small rewards. I don't know. There's probably a better word that I just can't think of. Small victories. Yeah. Goals. You, you, victories. You there it. we go. That's yeah. a great way. Having those small victories. Yeah. Yeah. And and speaking of your wall of text, I, I was thinking that that had me thinking because my, my boys are, you know, well, they're older now, but when they first started, they're so relatively young. So like, you know, Legend of Zelda, they loved it. And they, they love, you know, the starting area where they would go, you know, kill the goblins or the, no, no, not the goblins, the, gosh, what are they, what are they called? Yeah. And, you know, picking up the things, the making the little fires, um, but they couldn't really read that well. So a lot of the tutorials that would come to them, they'd be like asking me questions or they just push A to skip it and then not know what to do. Um, so, and I feel maybe that's why, like, uh, the youngest one, um, he they can read now um they still have trouble with some words and stuff but the youngest one now is really into a lot of these rhythm type games or games with rhythm mechanics because a lot of those games there there isn't uh like big interactions usually it's just you know tapping on the rhythm or pushing the right button on the rhythm um like we recently got the oculus quest and he is crazy good at beat saber i'm like <laughs> i've played it and i'm okay i mean he plays it he's just like oh you know he, he he's playing on expert or expert plus and he's like oh and he tells me oh see how long i can last in this and usually he'll last till towards the end or gets really crazy um and i'm just like what <laughs> you know so um i think i think that idea of you know the, the new player and the wall of text i think some people might might enjoy that you know but like you know i know with them part of their problem was they couldn't read now that they can read i think they've gotten more into some of these types of games like my oldest still really loves minecraft you know and he's making houses he's he's making signs within the houses he has his his switches now with the redstone all over the place um and he also like i mentioned he plays um he plays uh rocket league too you know and i i think there's is there any yeah there are tutorials in that one too that you know and he's gone through all the all the tutorials now about jumping and you know sliding and stuff like that too and he can read it now i think i think when he first started playing it too he had the same problem where he couldn't read it and he's asking me for help and i wasn't that good at it so uh i've also realized that i'm not a good i'm not i'm not a good teacher or i'm not a good uh <laughs> guide or or sherpa as you would call it uh e- even in even in destiny raids like that we do whenever we bring someone new across i i'm not i can't get the information across well i guess so uh i think for my kids See, i have the exact opposite problem yeah what? I'm very good at relaying the information to people and terrible at actually doing the things <laughs> like, Oh yeah, you're just going to jump here and do that. And it's like, can you show me? Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm barely going to make it through this jump puzzle. I'm sorry. I just got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I told you what you need to you, know. You just, just got to, you just got to trust me. So, so I, you know, I, I feel kind of bad cause I feel like, you know, it is, you know, I want to play, I play games with them, but trying to teach them the stuff. I'm like, you know, I said, Oh, you just do that. You just do it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Just do it. Oh yeah, you know, you know, you have to jump here, there, and this and that, and they're like, "Oh, what do you mean?" I'm like, "Don't you understand?" It's like, so yeah, I'm I'm not the best at relaying that information, and and I, I I've discovered that too in gaming with raids, like I I try to I try to tell new players like you know, oh, this is the mechanics, this is what you got to do, and they're like, "What?" So um, I need to work on that, I think, because my kids, you know, I gotta I gotta help them out. I can't I can't leave them in the lurch like that anymore. <laughs> so you you actually bring a really interesting um, wrinkle into this because um, you know we're kind of talking new players as far as um, you know kind of like new adults things like that or, or teenagers whatever uh, young adults but like 
young children, like for whatever reason, it did not occur to me that there was an age. I don't have any kids for anybody who's wondering. I don't associate with children, anything like that. Um, <laughs> and so for some reason in my head, it just didn't occur. I'm like, oh yeah, there's an age where they actually learn to read. That's not just like an innate ability that they have. And so it didn't occur to me that, you know, if you say like you get a switch, like generally speaking, most homes, most families are not going to get a switch for each child, right? Y'all money bags out there who are listening, you know, y'all tell me different. But um, so if you have a kid that is, you know, seven years old and one, or just, what? It's possible that people can like get each of their kids switches after multiple years. It is, it has been out for like four years. So you get one switch a yeah. year. Well, yeah, yeah. You can and, have, and but I'm saying there's like a $200 new version, which is out, like smaller right? and less. Doing earlier one yeah. is the sorry, but didn't mean to hang up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right, so for those of you out there buying like PS sevens for your kids or whatever, <laughs> right? Um, <clears throat> so you may have one kid that's you know seven, eight years old, and then like their little brother or sister who's four or five, and they're gonna have hugely different experiences on the same console. And any of you who have ever had siblings, you know, as you grow up, like you always have those arguments about like, oh, yeah, well, we got to you got to do this so much younger than I did because it happened when I was 13 and you were only 10. And, you know, so it'll be interesting to see if that sort of stuff, like you were saying, how your youngest really got into the rhythm games and things like that. It'll, it's kind of interesting if ha- they're like new, new player experience as a child in like those formative years will kind of dictate what games or if they like games as they age. So it'll be really interesting to see. And this is like a long-term psychological project for you to study or whatever. (laughs) Um, If your youngest continues, like, you know, as he gets older and everything like that and gets into school, like high school, things like that, if he continues to be really interested in those rhythmy games, like the more visual based, less, wall of text games i don't know how else to describe it um yeah sort of deal like that's a, that's a really interesting thing that had never even occurred to me before yeah yeah like and the, and the oldest like i said is in the, in the minecraft a big and then also um rocket league he's, he's kind of really enjoying that one too um so and and they both played through pokemon the the new shield and sword and they both beat them. And I feel like there is a lot of text in that one, too. I haven't played it myself. But they got to the end game. They did the dungeons. They did the... I guess there are raids in it also. Oh. I, I don't know. Cool. Um, I haven't played it. But they... You know... Because I'm playing Pokemon Go. And I'm saying, hey, look. This is a new uh, legendary that I just caught. And they go, oh, yeah. I have a, I, I caught that in, in Sword and Shield. And I'm like, oh. Okay. Cool. So... <laughs> yeah. There, all it's, the stories went, woo. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, because Sword and Shield, you know, they're they're very Nintendo based gaming at the moment. Sure. Um, they um, actually the the, you know, we give them a, we give them an allowance, and the one the youngest saved up his allowance and he bought Project Arrhythmia. With it, it was like twenty bucks or fifteen bucks on Steam, so he's playing that quite a bit too, or he's played it quite a bit also. So like nowadays, like when we're in the car, he'll ask for music that he hears either in Project Arrhythmia. Or in Geometry Dash, or in Beat Saber. He's like, oh, hey, can can you look up this? You know, look up, oh God, Meowster in space, or or um, <laughs> yes, dark, dark, darker, or uh, video game or to- soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh he's a trip with the, with the music. You know, he he likes that Project Arrhythmia music, the Geometry Dash music, which is like, it's kind of techno-y, techno-ish, very electronic. Um, yeah, and it's, it's not bad. Um, there's one, Centipede, if, if you get a chance to listen to it. It's basically a guy talking about centipedes to techno music. <laughs> like, like it's it's weird because he, he's telling you, like, like historical or, or natural facts about centipedes to techno music. And it's like, oh, okay. And apparently it's in one, it's in one of their games. So, so I don't know. That's... I don't know. They're, they're trips. Great. You know, the, the new gamers... <laughs> The new little gamers. So, Whew. all right. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to uh, consider. They're not only new to gaming; they're just new to life in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't want to get into parent parental worries, you know. But you always have this nagging thing in the back of your mind of, am I failing my kids or am I messing them up? 
more than I was messed up growing up kind of thing. So <laughs> just because whole... like, are you talking about like access to games and the, uh, like the intense distraction or, or what do you mean? No, just uh, in general, like, you know, have, have I psychologically damaged them somehow with, with my insecurities or my, uh, you know, failings or my bad parenting? I don't know, you know, but I think every parent has, has those anxieties for of, sure of, of parenting, yeah. you know, like, yeah, do, do they watch too much TV? I'm, I'm sure they do, you know, but you know, are, are they not getting enough this or that, you know, are they eating too much of this or that, you know, but yeah, I think that's a very natural parent thing. Yeah. Um, like <clears throat> absolutely. I know the people I know that have kids, all of them are like, I feel like such a weirdo. I think I'm screwed up my kids. I'm like, well, apparently everyone is because you all have that fear yeah so i think that's a pretty pretty (laughs) standard parent thing but all right i think we're getting off topic here so um i mean you guys you guys got any any other closing statements here before we uh wrap this guy up i i think i have one more statement one more thing that i wanted to cover at least which was um again thinking about this before the episode i sort of kind of had an epiphany about myself i've already known i'm a like I'm a person that likes to learn new things, like just the process of it, the the getting some kind of skill at something, whether it's learning about, you know, how to use a new camera lens or playing a new video game or um, learning how to do astrophotography or any, any, I just, I just like to learn new things. Um, and so games really appeal to me because there is a learning curve. Every game has a learning curve. And it helps to have an incremental jump from what you've experienced before to what the new game is that you're playing. Uh, it helps because then you've seen something similar and you can just adapt and, and add on your, your skill set. But for new players, I think that's like the learning curve is much steeper. Um, but I see, how did I want to frame this? Basically, in, in my opinion, with games are wonderful for many reasons but one of the wonderful reasons is that they make you learn new things (laughs) whether it's how to control something in a new way or um what to expect like there obviously there are certain things that are very like memorization based it's like well you you just have to fail until you get it right but a lot of games out there do really provide that area to like improve yourself and, and and open up new like brain pathways to to learn and in my opinion that's that's a really handy skill to have um which is maybe a reason why you aren't failing your kids well by letting them play video games is that they are learning how to learn by playing video games um, and that's a really wonderful reason to play video games and i think in addition to all of the others and maybe we should talk about why we love video games because i have I could write an essay on it. Maybe I will. But (laughs) if you're a new player out there and you come up against a new game and you try to play a new game and you get intimidated by the amount of failure that you're perceiving, like, it's okay. It's a game. It's just a game. It's zero stakes. Unless you're playing for money, which, in case, what are you doing playing a new game you've never played before for money? (laughs) But... It's worth it. It's called being a variety streamer. Variety, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. I encourage you to get through that difficulty and, and just keep trying. Think about, you know, what you did wrong or what you could do better. Not better, but like what you could do differently uh, and just keep at it because it's a really wonderful thing about gaming is, is to help teach people new things because everyone should be a learner, in my opinion. Everyone, till they're... 95 years old learning is great and and it'll help you stay flexible mentally so um i just encourage you if you're a new player or there's a game that you don't like uh, don't don't let learning a new game be the reason why you stop playing that's all that's like a super super wholesome uh clintism there i guess (laughs) but but i i wholeheartedly agree i think uh learning is super valuable um and like especially 
you know, Emiliano talking about like his kids playing Minecraft. I think that is one of the like there's so many things to learn in Minecraft. And I think that is like incredibly impressive and super creative and is in my opinion, I think Minecraft is super good for like just your mental health. Yeah, I guess. Um, plastic, like plasticity, all that sort of stuff. So I, I completely agree with that statement. So yes, if you are someone out there who doesn't normally game or is considering picking up a new game that you've never tried before, such as Monster Hunter Rise, I highly encourage you do it. Yes, Clint, but we do. But also just realize learning is also work. So don't feel like you're going to, uh, and don't don't feel like if it gets like, if it just if you just absolutely yeah, hate be, it, that's an, also a thing that happens. Yeah, be, like, don't feel bad. You did not be fail. reasonable. Obviously, don't drive yourself into the ground trying to play a new game because I said so. But <laughs> and and if you think you're bad at stuff, just like I don't know, we'll have, need to leave a link to like where some of my YouTube videos are so that y'all can just see how bad I I am and feel better <laughs> about yourself. Frame of reference. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, like, the biggest issue that my kids have is frustration. Mm. Like, when they are failing and they feel like they can't do it. So I'm always telling them, you know, take a break, you know, uh, take five minutes, take a little breather. They don't always, but, you know, eventually they are able to beat it. And and for me, like, the one thing I like about new gamers or new players to, like, a franchise or to a game is that joy that they get when they finally accomplish the thing that's kind of been blocking them. Um, like my kids, like when, when when they beat a hard level, like they're screaming and yelling, like ah, you know, they did it. When joy, um, there's there's like I love watching you stream, Matt, you and and Rachel and her brother, because their the their screams of genuine joy, you know, when when they when they beat a level or when they beat <laughs> a dungeon, it's great. I mean, it's you know, it's like you you can't fake that enthusiasm. You can't fake that, you know, it, it it's the joy of 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 gaming you know and to me that, that that's that's gaming distill that joy um because yeah for me games are about that joy that happiness you know uh meeting new people beating bosses stuff like that so um and i i feel like new players uh help me uh remember that because sometimes i'm playing something like destiny for five years and i'm like <laughs> oh god this game is so boring you know, but then you hear Rachel scream when she grenades herself and you're like, oh, yeah, this this is why I play it. This is why I play it. So, yeah. OK, as always, let us know how we're wrong. What did we get wrong about new players? Are you a new player? What's your favorite newbie friendly game? You can tell us on our YouTube channel, Winning Sometimes Show, where we'll have video for this and other episodes. We have Twitter at W Sometimes Show. We sometimes win games on tw- on twitch.tv slash winning sometimes show, or you can yell at our email Im- email inbox with show at winningsometimes.com. Finally, we have a website, some- winningsometimes.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.